eight left. Oh, big hair. No glasses necessary for this one. No, you don't need to see anything, Neil. Yeah, it's oh. Neil's just getting himself settled in, folks. Perfect. It's a little nervous. I can feel it. No, I'm I can, good. Can feel the nerves in the air. I just I want to be comfortable. Don't we all? Yeah. Not all the time, actually. No. Some of the time, though. Yeah. Oop. All right, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Tony Lombardi, and uh, this is the AYS podcast, uh, episode number 20, maybe. Yeah, oh, give or take. Doesn't really matter. Uh, sure doesn't. Just wanted to be, uh, just wanted to sound pretty professional. Um, so... Uh, if you guys have been listening, the last uh, couple of episodes, last few episodes have uh, been kind of led by uh, Neil Callahan, Neil Edward Callahan, um, and uh, today we have uh, we've flipped the script on him. We've turned this thing right upside down. Bum bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, Inside jokes. Yeah, those are inside <laughs> jokes. Nice. Uh, that's because we're inside. Yep. Um, but if uh, we were outside, they would be <laughs> outside jokes. Nice. Horse. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my guest today is uh, is former AYS podcast host, Neil Callahan. Neil, welcome to the show. Tony, great to be here. Really, uh, really excited. I can tell. Yeah. I'm excited to uh, to try this thing out as far as interviewing is concerned. Had a great time listening to my own podcast. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you liked it. Did anybody in the family check it out? Did you guys listen to it as a group? or? Yeah, so we did not listen to it as a group. Uh, Amanda listened to it, um, yeah. and so did Ezra, um, and they both uh, seemed to enjoy it. Amanda was um, a little disappointed that there was not as much talk about her. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, um, interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. not really though. Certain, exactly. We'll uh, talk about her plenty on this one. <laughs> Man, to keep your ears open. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So yeah, um, it was fun. Um, but I think one of the things that I recognize listening to your podcast, Neil, was uh, how how natural you are at this, and um, it had me thinking about. Just, I think, the way that you are with young people. Um, and there's that definite ease um, of your conversations with kids that I've, you know, been a part of um, and also just witnessed um, that certainly shows up in the podcast interviewing. Um, it's just great. You're just a natural at it. So um, kudos to you. Thank you. And uh, so, hey, let's um, let's start it off the way you started off with me, Neil. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, how you got here today. Um, today I got here by car. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so that's a good question, Tony. Um, uh, so I uh, grew up in Andover um, and uh, went to Bancroft Elementary School, the OG version um, went to Doherty Middle School and then to Andover High School. Um, so I never did any AYS uh, middle school experiences. I had some friends that did and really enjoyed it. But 
and would like meet you guys at lunch. You guys would come to the tables and I'd be like, oh, who's this guy? Da, da, da. And you'd talk about all these really cool things and then would give me a flyer. And then that flyer would live in my pocket along with whatever my homework assignment was that day. And usually never to be looked at again. Yeah, yeah, went through the wash again. Um, Did the dog eat it? No, actually, no. One time, I think my brother put peanut butter. This could be a lie. This could be a fake story. Somebody, I think, put something on their homework so that it might have been a friend. Somebody put something on their homework so their dog would eat it. Uh, which I was like, oh, this is a pretty good. Pretty idea. smart. If, yeah. If any young young people are listening out there, it's a great. Yeah. Well, I, I guess they can't really do that anymore because no. everything's online. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Um, it didn't really work for me. Um, I would suggest that people do their assignments. If you if you don't do your assignment, I would also suggest just being honest with your teacher and be like, yeah, I didn't complete it. Yeah. Um, and then you can go from there if you want to just say that or if you want to be like, this is why. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily making excuses, but just be honest. That's definitely the um, the feeling that I have about those things, Neil. And we talked a little bit about this in our interview, but you and I are probably pretty similar in, in high school as far as kind of how we did it. I think we called it charming. Um, we were charming. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would I would say the same, same thing. I You know, I, you're a very intelligent young man, um, and uh, you know, but maybe not the most studious um, when it came to that time. But I think we probably not necessarily hurt ourselves, but, you know, just by not doing work, it's just silly. You know, I think yeah. we could have easily just done what we could and, um, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, who knows? Who knows where we would end yeah, up? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty uh, happy with where I'm at. Um, I, uh, I believe that things happen for a reason. Um, so I, uh, I wouldn't change anything about the past. Um, so, yeah, so I went You couldn't to, anyway. No, I couldn't. Um, so I went to Inver High School. Um, I, you know, I kind of just bounced around between different friend groups. I had friends and, um, I liked sports. Uh, I really liked, um, like contact sports and my junior year of high school, um, AYS actually started a wrestling club, um, which was three days a week, um, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, and I remember going to the cafeteria. There was an announcement at the high school at the end of the day that the AYS was creating a wrestling club. Um, and if you wanted to be a part of it, um, you should go to the meeting. Um, and I think I had a football coach at the time. Um, he was told all the linemen, um, he was like, you guys should go to wrestling. Um, and it's going to make you a lot better at football. Um, he didn't know at the time that I wasn't going to come back to football, um, (laughs) after experiencing wrestling. Um, so that's what I did. I went to the meeting. I met Billy and the coach, um, and fell in love with it. Um, and not necessarily in love with the sport, uh, but more in love with the community around it, um, I really do enjoy wrestling. Um, I think it teaches you uh, very valuable lessons about yourself, um, what you can and can't do, what your limitations are, um, how hard you can push yourself. And the nice thing about it is there's nobody to blame except for yourself. So anybody that wrestles kind of understands that statement. Um, If you 
have never wrestled. It's, you know, you go onto a mat with one other person, which is uh, a very difficult thing to do, especially, you know, at, uh, at any level. Um, and you're trying to beat them. Right. Um, and, you know, you're, you're in charge of that. You, it's all your work. You can't hide on the wrestling mat. That's kind of what we always say. Um, there's nobody to hide behind. You can't really blame your coach. Um, you have to, if you get pinned, um, it's most likely it was your fault. And you can learn from that and get better. Um, or it's because you didn't you know, run as hard in the sprints or drill as much or what have you. Um, it's, it's really a good metaphor for life, I think. And, you know, I, I don't. I didn't wrestle, um, although I would have liked to, um, looking back on it. And I think when you look at it that way that, you know, you are, you're not necessarily alone in this journey, but like there are points in your life that you're going to be, you know, have to battle up against something by yourself and you have to look back on and draw from all the experiences you've had, whether that's a drill or practice or just past experiences. And then if you fail at that, you have to be able to know how to prepare yourself better for the next time. So I think that that is, you know, wrestling is a great metaphor. And one of the things that I was, I, I was so happy that we were able to start that here. Um, you know, we're kind of actually standing, we're sitting, uh, we're in the youth center here, yes. <laughs> um, as always, <laughs> but we're right about in the spot where um, I remember first meeting um Marcus and Michael, Michael Oliveri, um, right here. There was, there used to be a big hill right here and, uh, they were talking about wanting to do wrestling and talking with Billy and helping, helping to make that happen. Um, which was really cool to, to watch that, but kind of along the lines, seeing, you know, uh, young people come through the wrestling program and I think learn a lot of those life, life lessons from being on the mat and that still continues today. So. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic sport. It was uh, the perfect um, it was the perfect thing for me at that time in my life. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we had maybe forty or fifty kids at that time. It was a lot. Um, come out and try it, and some people quit, and um, some people stayed. My favorite story uh, is that. I had to go buy wrestling shoes, mm -hmm. right? And the guy with the ponytail uh, was in Whirlaway, and he remembered me, and I'm talking about Bill, and he told me years later that when I left, he thought, I hope he keeps the receipt because he's <laughs> not going to last. <laughs> um, so... Just another situation where you prove people wrong, Neil. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's done wondrous things or wonderful things for my relationship with Bill. Um, and understanding that even if you do something for a long period of time, is like being a youth worker, um, that, and Billy's great at this, is like you don't know everything. Mm. Um, and owning that and, you know, it allows you to have a much wider lens than, you know, as we always talk about, it's like always growing in these positions right. um, and believing that you can become better at it. Uh, so when you get proven wrong in those circumstances, it reminds you um, that, yep, 
okay, got to keep working, got to keep getting better. Don't underestimate anybody. Um, but the the large reason that I survived was because of Bill and because of AYS and how it made me feel. So he kind of sabotaged himself on that one. There you go. Um, so, oh, yeah. Uh, before we move on here, Neil, I wanted to um, go back to a little bit of your Doherty Middle School experience. And you talked about um, people coming in and getting – you know, AYS staff coming in and talking to you and um, you're not really kind of doing that. But so did, I don't recall maybe meeting you in Doherty Middle School lunch, but did we, do you remember me coming in and yeah, talking to you? I do. Oh, cool. uh, I remember, so I had a couple of friends, um, Alex and Eric, and they did paintball and they knew you. Um, and I think we talked about your tattoo on your leg that it's your son's name. So I knew that I just remembered it from middle school, like having that conversation, but you were just like very friendly and we're like, yeah, like it'd be great if you came, like we do a lot of cool stuff. And I think I remember just being like, okay, like that sounds great. And then just hold up the piece of paper and there you go. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, so I don't necessarily recall that, but I do recall um, the first time that I remember meeting you and I wanted to talk about this in our episode Okay, didn't get the chance to. Um, so I don't remember if you recall. I don't. That day. Cool. So we were um, in, in one of the AYS vans and um, we were at North Andover High School um, picking up wrestling mats. The green ones? Uh, potentially, or maybe moving wrestling mats to North Andover High School for okay. a tournament or something like that. And you were in the van along with a, a slew of other wrestlers. Yeah. And you were like right in the middle of my view in the rear view mirror. And I can remember sitting in the parking lot and we were waiting for something. I don't know if it was like, I don't remember exactly what the scenario was, but I do recall <laughs> um, you just being right in my vision there and just, you would not be quiet. You just <laughs> like, it was just, ah, da, 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 the mouth just did not stop. And it was a comment for everything. And like, and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to kill this kid. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you were probably a junior or a senior in high school. Yeah, Um, most likely. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, geez, probably a little bit like Billy, like, oh, this kid's not going to last at this, you know, (laughs) like somebody's going to (laughs) just tell him where to go. And um, I obviously, obviously that was not my place. You know, I was, uh, you know, trying, you always try to come from a place of uh, compassion and being like, okay, well, what does, you know, what does Neil need in this moment? Um, but I was like, yeah, there's a lot of other things that, <laughs> that are need attention right now and he's not going to get it. So, uh, um, you know, I feel like, uh, I, f- I feel like probably the same way that Billy does, um, about his moment there. Um, not necessarily, you know, um, being resentful to myself for that, but feeling proud of where you've come. Um, because, you know, I can't, I can't imagine having a thought any close to, to that now. Um, you know, we've known each other for as long as we have, um, however long that is. Yeah. And um, from that moment, certainly, um, you know, there's been just so much growth. And, um, you know, I think you really have, you know, utilized a lot of those things. You know, you talked a little bit about um, not wanting to change anything in your life. And I think that that's a great way to look at it. Um, we're all here for a, re- a, re- a reason and the things that happen to us, um, are for that. And I, th- I think even that moment of us meeting, um, was something important to me, uh, cause it helps me work with young people better, um, all the time to think back to that moment. And, um, you know, I think for you, 
to me, you're you're definitely an inspiration on how to work with young people. Um, some of the things I, I think about with that specifically because they're not things that I'm very good at with working with young people is like having a really good memory about who kids are and where, where, you know, what their stories are. And that's one of the most important things that we can do is connect moments um, with them um, as well as your, your energy. It's just kind of seems to be endless energy um, with young people, not necessarily all the time um, yeah. in your own life, but I think, you know, you show up for young people um, in a very energetic way um, and then your ability to connect with them. We talked a little bit about that at the beginning of the show here is, you know, it's just really easy. Um, and, you know, those three things specifically are things that I have to really, I think, work hard at with kids um, is to kind of build those relationships um, and build those moments in between and, you know, be able to keep my energy up with them. Um, so definitely an inspiration to watch you do that over these years. And, and definitely the amount of growth that's come from that day in the van. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, even your first couple of summers, um, you know, just trying to feel out what it was like to be here. So I don't know if you could talk a little bit about that too. your, your first, exp- you know, so you wrestling, you came in, you got to know, you got to know Bill, you got to know, you know, me to some degree and yep. Glenn and uh, some of the other staff that were around at that time. Susie, I think was still yes. um, around for those first couple of years. And, um, but then you, how did you get involved other than that? Um, so, uh, so yeah, so wrestling happened. Um, I continued also, thank you. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was thinking a little bit while you were talking about it. I was like, I, I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of people in my life that I can directly, um, align with who I am today. Um, so obviously my parents, Brian and Stephanie, and my siblings, Brian and Stephanie, I know very original. Um, uh, Great people there, by yeah, the way. My, uh, my grandparents, um, Brian and uh, Angela, also known as Lori, um, and uh, the first youth worker I ever met, Marie Shea, um, who used to take care of me as a kid. Um, so I've been... And slews of friends in the youth services, but I've been very fortunate to have positive people in my life. And even when I got down or didn't have that energy, uh, they were able to support me in a way that I felt that I could get back to that. Um, so uh, I'm only here because of them. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a great gift. Um, but yes, so uh, did the wrestling thing. Um, and then it was suggested to me that I go meet with Bill and Glenn and see if I could get a job here at the youth services for the summer. Um, so I graduated high school and I went and talked to Billy and was like, Hey, like, you know, this person sent me, said I should talk to you, see if I can get a job here for the summer. And we talked and, uh, you know, had a good conversation. I don't really remember what it was about. And he was like, all right, cool. You're in. Um, not right away. I think he called me like a day or so later. Um, but got a job, um, in 2008, uh, for the freestyle summer, um, was my first summer here at AYS, uh, where I got to really get to understand kind of the history of the youth services, um, why it was created, why Billy got hired, um, and that meant a lot to me just because of my own personal experiences. Um, 
and I kind of spent the next three years, next three summers here at AYS, uh, so Freestyle, Gold Rush, and then Legacy. Um, I also helped out with the youth uh, wrestling program and uh, coached, helped coach the high school wrestling team as well. Um, and then I kind of took a gap year and tried to figure out uh, what the next move was and uh, worked at a school for a little while because um, I wasn't necessarily sure if I wanted to go into teaching um, and then got a call that, you know, there was another opportunity here to come back for a summer. Uh, that was the Believe Summer. Um, so that's it's actually funny because I always think about that. It's like my – I don't have, like, years that I think about. I just think of summers. Yeah. So the summer names are, like, how I go by what's going on during that year. Um, and I came back during the Believe Summer. Um and kind of went back to another job during the school year, and then I think True Grit was next. No? I have no idea. I think pretty sure True Grit. <laughs> I can't so keep track of any of I those. I think went Believe, True Grit, and then so on and so forth, but I came back for that True Grit summer as well um, and had a little bit of a bigger role during the summer, and then that kind of parlayed itself into being around more during the school year, um, to help out with specific programming. Um, and then whatever year it was, I just kind of ended up, I went through the interview process with the town and ended up getting hired full-time as a program coordinator here. Yeah. Hey, we're all, we're all benefiting from that, um, from that. But I think, you know, you, you talked about that third summer, you know, getting that, you know, more responsibility and, um, kind of leaning on you a little bit more and that's definitely not necessarily a formula but it's kind of how it works you know yeah. and we see a lot of uh, young people come through here and work for us and um, that two summer threshold is uh, you know it's pretty pivotal between your second and third summer if people last through their third summer um, it usually means that they really enjoy being here um, they have a good fit and that's not to say that you know people who don't continue right. on aren't good at the job either but they've got other aspirations they're moving on to different things and um, sometimes their parents tell them they have to get a quote-unquote real job yeah um, heard that one before <laughs> it's pretty funny um because i'm pretty sure my job's real yeah me too cool um but uh <laughs> and then if you make it through that third summer you know there's there's not it hasn't been too many people they usually are still here now <laughs> well i mean for i wasn't uh, i did three summers and i was like all right i need to take a break this yeah. this work is um it's a lot uh and i think it for a lot of people um it can be very emotional and emotionally draining um because you're like I said, always searching to be your best self around young people. Um, and anybody that tries to do that in their life knows that that work is not easy um, because you have moments when you want to, you know, <laughs> not be your best self. Um, so or it's really difficult to be your best self. Yes, um, for whatever reason. Um, but the thing that I think kept bringing me back to AYS is the you know, I had never heard of like youth work or, um, you know, I had never been a part of a community in which I felt like it was okay to be myself. 
Um, and Billy always talks about trying to give more than you get. So that was, that still is my goal with young people is to kind of remember, um, who I was as a young person, um, which, you know, we kind of, you know, jokingly talked about as kind of a pain, never was quiet, always had a lot of energy, would, you know, talk back or say something or not do their work and, um, angry a lot of the time. Uh, so I try not to, um, I try to see myself in the kids that I work with. Um, so maybe somebody is in a bad mood. Um, and, uh, I remember being in sixth or seventh grade and being in a bad mood or, you know, it's, it's life. Um, you know, and it's really difficult to navigate as a middle schooler and as a high schooler and trying to find where you fit in the world. Um, especially I think in a town like Andover, I have a lot of friends that didn't grow up in town. Um, and their experiences were similar, but also different. Um, you know, Jackie and I talked a little bit about, uh, what it's like growing up in Andover. And there's, I think, understandably a good amount of pressure because it's, you know, usually, uh, you know, people come from affluent families and, um, it's all about like where you're going to college, you know, are you the best athlete? What's your last name? Um, oh, your brother played for me. You're going to play for me. Your parents donate a lot of money. Where do you live? Yeah, exactly. What do your parents do? Yes. Um, so I, so like I said, when I talked about, you know, the people that have helped make me the person that I am is, uh, you know, a very blue collar. It comes from a blue collar place. Um, you know, and that's not to say that uh, it's more that that uh, essence, I guess. Um, so it it's started. Word. It started with my grandfather, um, who uh, you know grew up. Um, you know, I think one of five uh, poor um, and grinded his way to becoming su- successful. I mean, he never really forgot who he was. And never forgot where he came from. And I would get to, if I went to CCD on Sundays, he and I would like sometimes go to breakfast before he'd pick me up and he, you know, would talk to everybody with this, you know, real sincere kindness. Um, like I remember him like buying bikes for waitresses, kids. Um, he was, he, he was a great, great man. Um, and just, uh, very humble. Didn't really talk about himself too much. And, you know, that got passed on to my father and my mother is uh, also a very lovely, very kind woman um, who appreciates nature and uh, and understands what's important and what isn't. Mm. Um, So it's that mentality that I try to continue to have where it's like it doesn't matter who (laughs) it's like I think about Fight Club a lot where it's like you're not the car you drive, you're not the clothes you Mm. wear. You're not how much money you have in the bank, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I think sometimes in growing up in Andover, that can be a difficult thing uh, for kids. Um, you know, so Jackie and I talked a little bit about that where it's like, you know, people wore Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, you had to be doing this or whatever. And I, I am very fortunate that that wasn't a big deal to me. Right. Um, well, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, obviously your relationship with your grandfather and, you know, I know your um, your parents to some 
some extent. And I think that they're also very humble and, um, you know, have worked hard for the things that they have. Um, and, you know, keep a good perspective on, you know, family is very important and, uh, also kind of taking care of yourself is pretty important. Um, so, um, but I think Neil too, that there was this, um, you know, and again, I didn't really know you in high school, um, got to meet you kind of at the tail end of it. Um, but I think there was a, a savviness to you as far as what you were kind of taking from this experience of growing up in town. And I know, um, you know, there was a lot of people in your life, um, that kind of helped you get to where you are and continue to help you get to where you are. Um, and I know you, you talk a lot about, uh, some of your favorite high school teachers. Um, yes. so I don't know if you maybe want to talk about some of those important people yeah. at high school, but then even maybe before that, um, too. Um, so, you know, I, I think I can probably count the teachers that I felt made a real impact in my life. And that's not to say that there's not really good teachers at the high school. It's just, you know, it's what we do here. It's like sometimes Tony is going to be able to make a connection with a young person that I can't necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really about where that young person is in that moment. Um, So for me, you know, the two teachers that come to my mind are Bill Drummond and uh, Dolores Dunning. Um, and just legends, legends and just real, um, sincere people, um, that when they asked you how you were doing, they legitimately meant it. Um, and if you had a problem or had a question, um, you could go to them and they would be understanding and give you their opinion, but wouldn't necessarily ram what you should do down your throat. Um, so I, try to emulate that in a lot of ways of being hands off and give some suggestions that, Hey, this might work. This might not work. Um, you know, if it, I reflect on my own life and be like, I would maybe do this, but you know, do what you think is kind of best. Um, so that was, uh, that was huge. I think for middle school would be Mrs. Russell, who's still a teacher over there. Um, uh, English teacher, very kind, uh, Mrs. McClellan, in uh, sixth grade, I had her for math. Uh, she was hysterical. I think I got like a D. So I had this progress report that got sent home. And like any middle schooler, I was like, oh, geez, like I have this D. It's terrible. But there was always that the place where I strived was it had like the little description <laughs> underneath where it would be like, you know, they would tell mom and dad like what you need to work on. So I had a Neil terrible a pleasure to have in yes. class. Yes. So I, I got lucky in that sense where Mrs. McClellan was, uh, she wrote a very nice uh, description. She was like, and he has, I just, I was just was not good at math mm. at that point in my life. Um, and she was like, he's been coming and like to after school, but he's, he's great. I love him. I don't think she said love, but she was like, he's a pleasure to have in class. He always makes me laugh. Uh, so I found different angles that I could use to my advantage to make it through. And I think that's kind of a lot of what life is, is like find out what you're good at, um, find out what you're passionate about yeah. and try and chase those things um, because... Well, and learn to be honest along the way too, yes. right? Like you were saying yes. you know, earlier. Um, it's interesting though, you think about, so for having kids, I have kids of my own, obviously people are somewhat aware of that, but uh, you get these progress reports now and... Um, and uh, report cards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there, there's no real space for that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of letters and numbers on there that tell you um, kind of where your kids are at 
um, developmentally. Yeah. Um, and then there's like these like pre written things that oh. teachers can choose from. Um, there's always a comment section, but yeah, they're usually like these cookie cutter things. So you'll see like the same thing from other teachers and you're like, that's really weird. And like, you know, I think you and I survived by that because we weren't necessarily the most studious students, but we were good people. You know, we we cared about those people. We weren't like trying to, you know, (laughs) write them off or anything like that. We just were like, we kind of lived our lives a little bit differently. And, um, I think, like I said, survived by being good people and, you know, being participants in class um, and maybe not necessarily finishing that homework because the dog ate it or (laughs) went through the wash or something like that. So um, we were able to do that. And I don't think kids really have that anymore. Um, And there's a lot from our experiences. And you and I are, uh, you know, got some years in between us, a little bit more than 10 maybe. Um, But, um, you know, I think that that young people's experience now um, is vastly different yes. than, than it was for us. And um, how do you, how do you see that playing out, um, you know, kind of from your perspective, but how, how does it maybe make your job a little bit more difficult um, to do than maybe, you know, somebody like Dolores um, had? Um, what are some of the ways, what are the, some of the things that get in the way of young people's development? I guess is a better way to ask that question. So, you know, for me, for me, it's, I feel like I've, you know, so I've been working with young people since I was 18. Right. Um, and, uh, I guess that was, what is that? 13 or 14 years, something like that. Still not good. That good at math. Sorry, Mr. Yeah. McClellan. <laughs> um, and, uh, But you're a pleasure to have in class. Yes, yes. Uh, But I feel that um, for the most part, I think from a youth worker's perspective, I I handle things the exact same way that I did when I first started. Obviously, I have a lot of more, I have a lot more knowledge and uh, verbiage um, to help navigate, um, you know, myself. Not right now. Uh, (laughs) um, but I think it's a lot of the same issues, um, that I saw when I first started where it's, you know, a lack of connectivity, um, real connectivity. Um, so there's ways to make connections in our lives, whether you're adults or you're a young person that aren't real connections. So, uh, you know, for myself, you know, I don't do social media. Um, I have people that will like send me stuff and I'll be like, yeah, that's funny or what have you. Um, but I don't see a lot of value in that. Mm -hmm. Um, for myself, um, it doesn't mean that there's no value in it. Um, but I would rather, I said this to Jackie too, if I'm communicating with a friend, I will call the friend Mm -hmm. versus just texting back and forth with them because that feels more real to me. It feels more organic. It's live. I like live. I can deal with that. Um, I have a couple of friends that we have like the, the three text rule. So if you, and it's not like, I like that a hard and fast rule, but it's, uh, you know, if you, if you get to the third text response, you usually one of us just 
calls the other person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like the one text rule. <laughs> if I'm, <laughs> if you're going to ask me a question instead of me typing it, I'm just going to quickly call you and be like, all right, this is the plan. This is where we're going. Yeah. I'll see you there in 10 minutes. And that is, I'll try to keep that in mind the next time you and I have some lengthy text exchanges. <laughs> yeah. I try and, um, I don't know. I look at time. I think time is the most important commodity. Um, because no matter how much money you have or whatever, you can't get any more of it than what you're allotted. Um, you know, obviously if you have an exorbitant amount of money, you can potentially go and, you know, get special treatments and during that time, but it's still the same amount of time, but it's still the same amount of time. So I try and treat time as, uh, the most valuable thing, um, in my life and it's paid off. Um, but to kind of get back to, you know, things that young people are potentially struggling with, um, you know, so community, there's no more neighborhood. Um, I, I remember growing up, I didn't really have friends in my neighborhood. We didn't live in an area where there was a lot of young people. So I would get on my bike and I would bike to a friend's house. Um, and we would go hang out. And if they had older siblings, you know, their older siblings would end up hanging out with us and then some of their older siblings, friends. And I think that stuff is still kind of happening, but that was, that was what I did in the summer. I didn't have like, I think I did maybe two hockey camps, but they were a week long, um, in all my years playing hockey. Uh, so it wasn't like I was in all these camps or these extracurricular things. It was like, I had to go and create. Um, and that's really benefited me as being a young person. So sometimes I would have the idea of like, Hey, let's go do this Mm. or like, Hey, let's play this game or activity. Um, and that's helped me out, uh, a lot as being a youth worker. So if something feels stale or it needs to be revamped, um, trying to be quick and create something new. I think some of my favorite activities are, uh, mystery box where you just write a bunch of weird things into a box and you pull out the piece of paper and somebody wrote pretend to be worms. <laughs> so you, all the kids like run around in the gym and lay on the floor. And it's pretend- amazing to see the different things that kids do. <laughs> right. You and, know? and pretend to be worms. Like a veggie off when people make noises and you're like, I don't think vegetables make noises. No, but it's cool. <laughs> you get to be creative. So I really enjoy creating. Yeah. Um, so this work is uh, perfect for that. Um, it's never the same and no young person is ever the same. You'll see similar characteristics. Um, like I can think of, uh, you know, Josh Devine and super Steve Herman as, uh, two kids that are vastly different, but also similar in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, or dirty Dan Lyman. Um, so, uh, it's, uh, it's incredible to, um, see, um, to see where young people start and then to get to see where they finish. I think that's also my favorite part of the job. Yeah. I'm still not answering any of your questions. That's um, okay. We're going to move on anyway. Neil. No, I no, 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 no. Uh, what are you guys? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say that the best part about being a youth worker is seeing young people grow up and have them come back and be like, Oh, I'm in the Marines. Mm. Or, hey, I found this girl or I found this guy and I'm in love and we're going to get married and uh, I'm really excited. And then they'll tell you like a story that you don't necessarily remember from when they were a young person, but they remember, Mm -hmm. um, which is something really special. Um, And 
I think one of my favorite memories, I'm going to share one of my favorite memories with yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. Is we, we were doing a program called Old School Intramurals during the summer. That's what I wanted to talk about next, Neil. I had a feeling. <laughs> um, and uh, one of my favorite young people of all time, uh, Super Steve Herman. We were playing right, knockout. Right above Old School Intramurals yes, right yes. here. Um, we... Uh, I got to meet Steve um, and his brother James uh, through a golf program that Tony was facilitating over at uh, Rolling Green. Um, the it's world pretty funny famous. that I was running a golf program. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was great because we would go and we would play and, you know, you know, it's just kids learning how to play the game and Rolling Green was a great place to be able to do that with our friend Bernie. Bernie. Um, so... <laughs> it- Where's Billy at? Yeah, Billy, 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 Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy. Um, <laughs> so, inside jokes. Uh, and uh, so I met Steve when he was in sixth grade. And then he Pretty joined. good golfer. Pretty good golfer, yeah. yeah. Um, very good human, very funny. So nice. Uh, so nice. That whole family is uh, unbelievable. Um, and uh, he would come to old school intramurals, which was kind of like essentially almost our first block parties that we do here now at the youth center, except kids would come to Pearson street and they and I would meet. And then we would, you know, either go for like a nature walk or we'd go down to the West middle school courts and play pickup or, um, wiffle ball, or it was kind of like trying to bring the neighborhood back a little bit. Um, and I remember super Steve where Betts played knockout and he gets a ball and he steps right in front of me. He goes, step aside, Junior. <laughs> and I was like, this this is it. This is what it's about is, yeah. you know, being able to have um, a connection with a young person that is similar to, you know, cousins or, um, you know, that family connection of like, he can say that to me and I'm not going to get all upset. Like, you know who you're talking to, like, da, 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 da. Like I'm in charge of this program. Uh, this is me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we don't really ever talk about ourselves because, uh, so I think that's why, you know, nervous slash excited for this. Yeah. Um, cause these are a lot of conversations that us as staff will have right. together. Um, where it's, you know, talking about like dancing in the rain, um, in golf with Hannah Callahan and her friend and just like not really playing golf, but like, that's a magical moment. Um, so it's about those little small moments cause they add up to a lot in a kid's life and add up a lot in our lives. Um, because moments make the lifetime. Uh, we had, uh, we had a friend, um, that passed away, Captain Al, and, uh, we had an opportunity to spend some time with him and, uh, somebody that we had to use as a resource. Um, we were kind of telling them what we were doing and he looked at us and he goes, well, it's better to make memories than to talk about them. So I think that's kind of been that mindset of like, let's make memories for kids. Um, so it's been fun, man. It's been wild. It's, uh, you know, Steve, you know, went to the Marines, Josh Devine, you know, flew helicopters and, you know, I think he got stationed in Japan, met this great girl, got married. Um, there's all these different like stories that end up intertwining with their own lives. Um, 
and Billy talks about it and you and Glenn talk about it all the time. It's, you know, these people will then come and find Billy and be like, Hey, can you marry us? Yes. Like, can you, can you facilitate that? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's such a gift. Well, I was thinking about that too, when you were talking about, you know, watching you know, young people grow and it kind of being our favorite part. And I think over the last few years specifically, we've all had the opportunity to, you know, celebrate some of that too yes. with, uh, you know, Nick and Colleen getting married yes. and being able to be part of that and uh, Jackie getting married and being a part of that and, and Annie McGraw getting married yeah. and um, you and I getting to, you know, spend some time outside of this space um, and really not necessarily outside of the youth development world because the reason that we're there is because of youth development and the work that we do, but really just kind of maybe taking taking a little bit of a backseat and just really getting to know each other. And I feel like for me that day that we spent, it was really two days in a row because they were back-to-back weddings. Yeah. Um, but just being able to spend that you know time away from the youth center with each other was um, was really important. And I think... And Amanda. Don't forget about Amanda. And, oh gosh, Amanda was Amanda. there. Yeah, she'll be happy that that was mentioned. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think that that's important. And I think it's... I think it's great for kids to see. I think they can feel, you know, that we've got these, um, this close knit relationship, um, as a staff, you know, we are very much like family, um, if not family. family. Um, so, um, it is great to see. And I think, um, you know, the more people spend time, um, here, the more they feel a part of that. And, uh, you know, it's just like your neighborhood when you grew up or just like your family um, gatherings. You know, the family who spends the most time together usually is the closest. Yep. It's usually how that goes. Even if it's, you know, they struggle in relationships, like they're still there for each other and, um, you know, have their backs. And I think that's how this place works um, a whole lot. So it's it's really great to get that. And um, You talked a little bit about um, Captain Al yeah. and, uh, you know, um, I, I like to see I like to see how you've kind of continued his legacy here um, with, you know, doing some hands on um, activities with young people. And it, it's so important. Um, you know, we didn't really talk about this in in my episode, but one of the reasons why, you know, cooking was something that I wanted to do is it, it was something that resonated with me in middle school. And when I started working with young people here in Andover, I was a little bit removed from my middle school time, obviously, yeah. and didn't know that home ec wasn't a thing anymore. Right. <laughs> um, and so for you, you know, I think that, um, I don't know, did you guys have woodworking when you were in middle school? So I went into middle school and the year before they had stopped. Um, so they still had the space for it, right? So they still, but, and then they like tried to make it engineering. Yes. But, um, which was okay, but it was like you made stuff like with connects or like kind of learned how to do like certain things with, I don't know. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Um, and feel. I, I would assume part of that was liability. Um, and it's just a travesty in my mind. Um, especially at the middle school level where, you know, there's kids that we've gotten an opportunity to work with, um, and whether or not that's been in woodworking or hands-on, but are seriously interested in going to a technical high school. Um, and really the only way that you're going to find out if that's something that you're interested or want to do is if you have the opportunity to do it. 
Yeah. Um, so they had gotten rid of woodworking. I don't know. Maybe that's something I then would have tried to pursue. Right. Um, because I've always enjoyed working with my hands and, um, you know, like we said about school, like consider different paths. Um, and it's, uh, it's nice that we have this space now to be able to do it, um, and to do it at the level, um, that we are. Uh, we just had, uh, we just finished up some end grain cutting boards. It looked great. Yeah. And, and the kids are amazing. Um, they're interested in how to do it. If they're not necessarily interested in it, um, they figure out how to make it work for them. Um, and you can, you know, like when I got to have some time with Al, who essentially did all the woodworking here inside the youth center, did all the woodworking at Pearson street, built my desk, built Tony's desk, built Glenn's desk, built uh, our art table that we still use today. Um, you know, it's it's what made the youth center feel like a home. Um, I remember coming in here from Pearson Street and being like, ooh, <laughs> okay, this is like a hospital. Not that hospitals are bad, uh, but like white walls. Sterile. Sterile. No feel, no love, no connection. Yeah. And I think, at least for myself, I was like, ooh, how are we going to make this feel like Pearson Street? Because if anybody ever went into Pearson street, it felt like a home. Sure. Um, and, you know, kids used to be like, do you guys all live here? <laughs> um, and parents would be like, this reminds me of the frat house I lived in. <laughs> yes. Um, which, you know, we didn't live there and the place was not a frat house. No, it was just welcoming. Yes. Um, which is, you know, I think the beauty of this space. Yes. And, and really both spaces it's, so what it's about, what's, what is it about? That's the question. It's, it's really about the people. Um, so we're very fortunate that we have a great team of people that work with us, um, from our high school staff to, um, you know, really amazing, you know, even eighth graders that can then take that next jump to being, um, you know, uh, leaders within the groups. Mm. Um, and that's a really special thing because they'll do that and, you know, and then in two years they're working for us. So I'm really excited for this, actually this upcoming group of juniors because it's a lot of kids that really were our first group here at the youth center as sixth graders. Yeah. So we've had the opportunity to know them for quite some time. It was funny. I was talking with Dewan actually last night and he was like, how's Oh man. Yeah. Dewan hands. Um, we should get one of these like buttons that's just oh man oh yeah that'd be good i'm in i'm in i will have to well um he's on my list for uh for an interview oh that's a great idea um but it was nice because you know so we quickly checked in with each other and then he was like hey how are the chisholm brothers doing Mm. how's jack clement doing Mm. how's rowan doing how's simon doing how's colin doing how's tommy d it's like and we're able to connect about those young people it's an investment Um, yeah and you know, we're able to check in and I think he's still in touch with some of those guys or he, you know, he built a really great relationship with Abraham. So Abraham had come back at one point and he was like, Abraham says that those kids are huge. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, they are, man. They're getting big. And, um, he, it comes back to time. It's giving your time to other people. That's what we need to do. Um, 
and it sounds a little bit preachy, but it's like if I'm having a conversation with you and I'm on my phone while we're having that conversation, it makes it tough for me to feel that you're really listening and you really care about what I have to say or that you think it's valuable for me and you to even be friends. And I think that's a big struggle that not only young people, but adults are facing. Sure. um, Where you and Jackie and again, again, talked about this, but it's a real thing where it's like, if I'm having a conversation with someone, it helps me to feel comfortable if they're actively listening. Absolutely. Um, And there's nothing sadder than, you know, I see people get in cars with kids and everybody's on their phone or you ask people, you know, like, how was your weekend? It's like, I was in my room the whole time. And it's like, you guys are all in the house. Like, and I think that's part of Andover too. It's like, so there's a lot of big houses Mm. and that's not a bad thing, but that creates a lot of distance. Right. So we have friends, I have friends that have kids and they're like, you know, if my kids are, you know, and I get into it, it's like, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to send them to their room. It's like a plush apartment. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not really punishment. It's, and punishment is kind of a obscure thing anyways. I think just sitting down and having real conversations with kids makes a lot more of a difference. Um, at least it did for me, yeah. right? So I was punished plenty of times and deserved it, right? But the people, like I mentioned, um, that made the difference are people that were like, okay, like, so why did you do this? Or like, hey, what's going on? Um, and being open to having that conversation, which is really difficult and um and that made it so that I wanted to talk or that I could express myself in a way that maybe I had been pushing down. Um, and that's what we're all here to try and do is to give those kids those opportunities to have those real conversations. And like Billy will tell you, sometimes it takes 10 years for a young person to finally tell you what's really going on in their lives. And you need to be consistent in that time as somebody that they can call or rely on. And Billy's, you know, he still has kids that are 40 years old that will go to him for advice or send him a text and be like, Hey, thinking about you or thinking about that time I lost my glove in Colorado and we got off the chairlift and search for it and search for it and search for it. Um, And that's the funny thing. It's like people always hear like, oh, we go whitewater rafting. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, we go whitewater rafting for how long? How long are we on the river? Um, Like two hours? No, it's a a little bit longer than that. It it actually might be like four hours. Okay, so four hours on the river, right? And probably 15 minutes of actually going through rapids. Like heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cumulative time. Yes. Yeah. So essentially you go on that trip. There's a whole lot of time where you're just talking with people. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it's 15 minutes of some of, you know, the most fun that you can possibly have. Right. But that's an overnight experience. Um, You have probably a three, four hour bus ride there. Yep. Um, And we like to make those a little bit longer with. You know, all sorts of stuff. Stops. Yeah. You get some lunch. <laughs> yeah. So a lot Have of that a scavenger time. Scavenger hunt in Cabela's. Yes. So a lot of that time is really just spending time talking with young people, them talking with us, asking us questions, um, playing games. Um, and then, 
you know, you get there and, you know, okay, so we run around for a while. We'll go sit in the jacuzzi. We'll go swimming. We'll play activities. Um, rock climb. Rock climb. But it's like, so it's called whitewater rafting, right? You do <laughs> the heavy part of the whitewater rafting for 15 minutes. But the rest of the time is just communicating, creating stories, creating memories. Um, you know, I think a lot about like Will Dinkle, um, who's an AYS legend. And uh, I, he came whitewater rafting with us. And he was really into like learning about cannibalism at the time. So he was like telling us all about cannibalism. Like I, so I don't know if it's true for him, but it's true for me where it's like, I remember the most about that trip, even with whitewater raftings, Will Dinkle talking about cannibalism, Will Dinkle talking about books that he's writing. He's in like, I don't know, seventh or eighth grade, maybe a freshman. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then him dancing to uh, that song, Sail, um, on the bus. On the way home. On the way home. I remember that. And like knowing every single lyric yes. or thinking about, um, you know, oh God, uh, I'm going to get it. His older brother is Brian, Chris Tucker. So Chris Tucker's big thing, right? So we'd be on a big yellow bus. And then every once in a while, he'd just go, everybody dance now. And then oh, everybody God. would go crazy, yes. right? And Chris Tucker got to come here maybe two or three years ago and got to walk around the youth center. And I think he was with, um, I'm not sure, I think is maybe a friend, two friends, and got to like talk about some of those stories. And his brother Brian was doing pretty well. Or like Brian Corrigan, who dressed up like uh, the Joker um, on one of our Cahoon's Cove trips because mm. um, that movie had just come out. And he was absolutely hysterical. And it's like, those are the things that you remember, like for me at least. It's and not I the hope whitewater rafting. It's, it's not the whitewater rafting. It's yeah. about those little moments where you share this connection and you share this time together. Um, that is what I think youth work and youth services is really about. Well, it's know. what drew you in. I yes. mean, that's what you talked about with wrestling. You didn't necessarily like the sport of wrestling. I'm right. not sure anybody really likes the sport of wrestling. Nobody does. But you liked the community of it. You liked, yes. you know, being accepted for who you were and being challenged to be better and not being challenged and left alone, being challenged and then, you know, walking with a person to say, hey, this is how you can reach that goal. And, uh, you know, you've been doing that for young people ever since. Um, you know, a uh, little resume for Neil here. So aside from the woodworking, um, you know, is also um, an avid um, writer, um, loves to write, has done some poetry programs in the past, um, has been JV golf coach, uh, middle school golf coach, um, running our track program, um, got the hands down in the basketball, um, <laughs> you know, loves, loves art as well and movies. Um, so he, you know, has helped us with uh, bringing stop motion animation um, and different things like that. Also um, some video production in the early days of that. So um, I think Neil, you continue to give kids opportunities to kind of find them themselves in the way that you were able to find yourself. And uh, you know, that, um, that c continues, I think with everybody who walks in the door here and you know, your, your hope for that, you know, that, group who started here with us as sixth graders, um, you know, I think that 
they're going to have that opportunity and they're going to give other young people that opportunity, which is really, which is really beautiful. Um, I wanted to, uh, wanted to play a game with you real quick. Oh, I'm, in. Yeah. I'm all in. It's a fun game. It's called, um, I don't remember actually what it was called. Good or bad. Oh yeah. Good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah. It's a, it's a relatively new game. Yep. Just uh, created. Yep. Just, just uh, only played once, I think so far. Cool. This is um, twice. All right. Um, I've got a little bit of a list, and we'll just um, we'll just ramble it off here. So, uh, you ready to play? I'm ready. So the rules are: oh, the you say something, and I can only respond good or bad. Correct. Got it. All right. Ice cream. Good. Soccer. Bad. Country music. Good. Comedy. Good. S- Nike sneakers. Good. The movie Jaws. Oh, great. Good. Sorry. Bureaucracy. Bad. And review services. Good. Awesome. Um, Neil, it's been a real pleasure. Um, I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to share with us before we uh, headed off. Um, well, first of all, thank you, Tony. Uh, you did a fantastic job uh, as usual. T- tough seat to sit in. No, no, no. You did great. You did great. I, I'll just pass it on to you now. You can do the rest of them. <laughs> well, I think uh, I... So, listen, not to toot our own horns here, Neil. And, yep. um I... Listening to our episode, I was like, hey, we're pretty good at this. Yeah. You know? Well, so- this is, so this is the story, right? So this, I'll, I'll leave people with this. All right. It's all about, right, the underdog. Mm. So what AYS is, is the underdog. Yes. Always has been, right? So what's, well, we won't get into the numbers right now, but if you look at the story of AYS, um, where it started, um, and where it's ended up, um, it's an underdog story. Sure is. Um, and we joke around that we're part of the land of misfit toys. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and just when you think that you can count somebody out, um, they usually come back and, uh, they're full of fire and they're ready. Um, so that's what young people are, right? Um, young people, a lot of times, are misunderstood, undervalued, um, and not treated like human beings. Um, so young people are underdogs, um, and underdogs usually come back and win. Uh, it's been my experience. So um, I'm really really grateful and blessed to, uh, have found AYS when I did. I hope that young people that I've had an opportunity to be engaged with feel the same about, um, you know, their experience with me. Um, and there's been no place, but really no, no people, um, other than, uh, my family that I would rather spend time with than the people that, um, are part of AYS staff and young people, um, and supporters. Um, so really thanks to, uh, the community, um, for always having our back, um, and helping us to defend the sacred. Um, and like a young person said, the young people are the sacred. Um, so it's our job and our responsibility to take care of them. Um, so it's, uh, I wouldn't want to be in any other seat. So Mm. thanks a lot, Tony. Well, as usual, nice and humble. 
Um, so thanks again, Neil. And uh, we're going to leave the world with, uh, I think, one of your favorite songs, um, which has a lot to do with humility, I think. Um, so uh, thanks again, Neil. Thank you, Tony. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Hey, great job, Tony. That was awesome. Hey!